Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Hey folks and welcome to the Irish Examiner Alliance League Review. Uh, I'm Mike Quirk and I'm joined by Anthony Daly. Jared Cunningham is here to have a look at the hurling stuff as is John Divoli with the football. So it's a little bit like letting the lunatics run the asylum for a day see how things go. Uh, so there's, a, there's a version in the, in the basketball that TNT have a players only thing where the former players run the, run the show and they, and they cut out the presenters so I'm not sure how just uh, another foreign sport in here no, I, I, can't, I can't cope there's only one yeah. sport Mike yeah one sport yeah but we, we had a couple in Croke Park yesterday we, you were there obviously you were there for all of it right uh, it wasn't Mike no <laughs> I was there for all the camogie and all the hurling and uh, do you know what um, I have to say it, it, it Probably wouldn't have been a major success bar you had Mayo or the Dubs in it, to be honest, because the crowd that they brought was incredible. I, as I was leaving, they were coming in in their droves, so there wasn't too many of them at the hurling either, uh, I have to say. But I was alongside a lovely Mayo man, I have to say, and uh, I just had to... We had great chats during the, the hurling. He was in for the hurling, to be fair. Um and I said, I'm going to go. And I said, I wish you the best of luck. I'll be listening on the way down and I'll watch you in the Sunday game. I said, but, uh, and, and uh, you know what? I was a bit lonesome coming down the car when I was listening to the Green and Red of Mayo uh, thundering out yeah. of the radio. I know you weren't too lonesome. Not overly lonesome, but you know, to be fair, like Mayo, and we've seen it for years, the crowds that they bring and the atmosphere they bring to the whole occasion. And like after that final whistle yesterday, it was it was honestly like a like an like I know it was a national title, but it was like an All Ireland final. The way that, you know, there was no facade by the players. They weren't playing it cool. They weren't you know playing it down like this is only the league and you're not supposed to celebrate. They were celebrating it. With, they were going around hugging supporters and bringing kids on the pitch. And it was, do you know what? It was it was actually nice to see from you know a, a neutral's point of view if you hadn't a Kerry hat on you. But uh, they just add so much to the whole occasion. The way they support the team and back them and and you could see the players were kind of giving that back a little bit yesterday. After to the game but it was nice of you to hang around man and, and, and stay on for it well I watched it last night though, and I have to say unlike a team coming out of the blue to win a league you know, and I have to say like I was involved with Dublin winning one and we were kind of just thought oh, this is going to be the max we're going to get out of it so we were jumping around the house uh, for winning the league but for the team that has lost so many finals there I, I just that was the bit I suppose that we all sort of said they're entitled to this they're entitled to enjoy it and come back and still be strong, kind of like. Yeah, absolutely. And and there was there was that sense. I think even carry people that that were patient enough to wait around for a few minutes without writing Peter Keane's obituary already. They were they were happy. You know, they were they were happy enough in that in that it was Mayo. It wasn't maybe if it was Dublin, it'd be a different scenario. But it was it was the fact that a team that has gone through so much kind of hurt and pain so long that you know it was nice yeah. to see him get to the mountaintop. Or, or certainly a step up on that mountaintop. We don't want to yeah. get to the mountain too far. 
bar the stewards wouldn't let Tom Parsons in. That was funny. I saw that last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. saw that last night. And and now, but to be fair, sure, whoever that steward was probably hadn't a bullock's notion of who, who the guy yeah, was. Yeah, but I did feel a bit of that too. That was a bit OTT. Like how was he? How was he meant to know everybody? And, yeah. And and Mayo should surely have that organised beforehand. Yeah. They, they, you know, somebody could have gone up obviously and said, listen. Tom Lairlitz has played a bit of ball for us, and you know he, he might be worth leaving onto the pitch for a while. But that was that was one of the that was one of the few black marks I'd say from a Mayo perspective for the day. Yeah, Mike. Obviously, you weren't in for the hurling yesterday either. Uh, so we'll 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 kick off a bit with that. I think since we go the order of running yesterday, obviously we we had a very good Camogie final as well. Um, very interesting game. Kenny nearly pulling it out of the fire. With Galway getting there. It's good, good, good win for them. Obviously joined in studio uh, today by the great Joe Cunningham, uh, Cork legend, and the great John Dibley, uh, Galway legend, who will be able to help us with the hurling as well as we go along. Obviously keep us up to date with the injury front and all that. Joe, uh, you uh, league final, league finals or league finals? Uh, you know, I'll always remember beating you in '93 in the championship in the West and the Long Grass. And you had played an epic three finals Dale, with, Dale, with Dale, Wexford. Dale, don't, be, don't be bringing it back. Please. Yeah, but do you know what? It didn't. It was everyone said Cork and Wexford. This could be the All Ireland, but the league is funny. But does this look a bit different with Limerick, with the way they're going, with the way they seem to the swagger they seem to have at the minute? Well, certainly after yesterday, you would say you know they. I think they they went out there at the start of the year. They kind of you know they 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 pulled no punches to say they were going to have a go for the league. They, you know they they experimented a bit, but at the same time, I think they all they always had a, kind of a core or a spine of players that they kept there all the time. Um, and you know they finished up yesterday with nearly their all around fifteen on the pitch. So I think that sent that sent out a message really as to how serious they were taking the competition. And uh, you'd have to say from the point of view that they've they've pushed on. You know they've they looked a really composed team yesterday like there some of their some of the, some of their some of their play was really really impressive and uh, you know I, I just from watching it I just think all the way through there was never a doubt that they were going to win the match and it was a case of how much you know they were going to win by uh, and as you say they've, they've probably you know they were they've, they've stepped it up they've they've pushed it on but again I suppose when if they look forward six or seven weeks on the 19th of May they're going to play you know they're playing Cork and that'll be Cork's second game and their first game and it'll be it'll be a game that you know it'll be still very difficult yeah, no matter what happened yesterday. Is there a danger like is, that's what I asked you know the old Cork wait for the cuckoo, Christy used to say yeah. and uh, is there any is there danger in that like that they're flying and like we did have a situation two years ago with Tipperary were flying last year Galway were flying no are Limerick flying or do I see something different I, I think I do see something different in them no I think that the fact they're not, they're not playing for is it seven weeks and they have a bit of a break uh, they're supposedly going back to the clubs for, for for whatever three to four weeks again so I think it was an important game for them that the fact they have that, that seven week break that you know they went out and they won yesterday and you know in their own head they just kind of cemented that you know the position that they have uh, but again if Cork beat Tip uh, in the park on the 12th you know, it's a difficult place for Cork to go to go up to Limerick, but they're the only team that beat them this year. So I think the going in going into that match is a huge match because it sets the tone and sets momentum. If Cork win that, they're nearly guaranteed at least an All Ireland quarter final. So yeah, having beaten Tip, if they do that, if they do that, so well, we'll chat about Cork because yeah. I have a few <laughs> things there to ask you about that. There, you've yeah. been in the know and all yeah. that. But just to go back, the lot being made, we'll say uh, today and last night, certainly watching the Sunday game about the Limerick tactics and that kind of thing, and, and about the half forward line playing so deep and what did you make of Waterford with his response to that yesterday in terms of the little change with Parik Fannin from Derek McGrath's system yeah. was there a bit of like you know 
Don Logue would have been strong last night that there was confusion there that they were caught between two systems yeah I'd say he's probably going in a situation where I think Porrick is trying to maybe establish himself in there and trying to be his own man and put his own stamp on the job and probably didn't want to just to follow on go to sweep a route straight away no he can always go back to it in the context of some of the players that he has but uh, the confusion I would have uh, kind of I suppose agreed with Ogie when he said last night is just that they don't seem to have got a, a position for Austin Gleeson you know who mm. was a, a, an absolutely super player I thought the game passed him by yesterday. He was uh, midfield, wing forward. You know, he is a class player and he is, you know, he is a super back. And I think that he's probably better facing the ball. Would you? Would you? I, I, do you know what? Do you know what I do there now? I thought yesterday, and I think this is sticking out, like, I think Limerick are getting Declan Hennan into this, like, the, the conductor, the orchestra mm-hmm. at centre back. Like, he's just sitting in a pocket, and I, I might have described it as a la Tom Brady, yeah, yeah. like, uh, and, and, and these linebackers protecting him. Yeah. And he's pinging these ang- angle balls to, to Gillan and to mm-hmm. Casey and these guys. And I, I, I would have loved him to be on the Walford line yesterday and say to Austin, go in and engage Hannon. I don't care if they drop another man back, we'll have to bring Mikey Carney to come out and deal with him if we have to. But go in on Hannon. Go man to man on Hennon. I don't care how deep he goes. You go in on top of him. You don't let him dictate the play and beat him. You were a great player. You were the year two years ago. Go in and engage him. But I, I just thought he was all over the place yesterday. I think two touches of the ball in the first 25 yeah. minutes. Yeah. He seemed to be lost. And you know, I think that's one of the options you can do is go in and, and, and hammer Hennon inside there like, and take him on. Um, but... I don't, I'm not sure. I, I, I would probably, I think he's such a good player, I would have him centre-back and I would have Tykes at full-back. I think that like, they build down the spine down the middle. <clears throat> he just he seems to be lost at the moment. He just, he's, he's going around the place. He's not, a, he's not having the influence of the game that Declan and Hannon is having from a Limerick point of view. Yeah. And I think at centre-back around there, you can do that. Going in the centre-forward, you know, uh, a lot of the centre-forwards nowadays are playing off the centre-backs, you know, so, and whether, he, I just think, I'm not sure. I think he's better facing the ball. Anytime I've seen his best matches, I've seen him play, have always been facing the ball. And I think it's a huge difference, as you know, like playing centre back and playing centre forward are completely different positions. And I just think that I think he, Waterford would be better to put him, find a position for him. But one day he's wing back, next day he's centre field, he's, he's wing forward, centre forward. You know, I suppose you do need scores to win the matches, but I, my own personal view is that I would have him centre back. Yeah, and I've you touched on a good one there. I've often wondered why Ty Burka hasn't been looked at a tree like. Just one last thing before we leave yesterday, Limerick comprehensive winners, I suppose. I just thought, and one of the things I was watching for in the throwing was where Barron and Lynch would go in terms of the four lining up lads. You know the way you're always saying, what will the matchup be here? And like, I don't think Kylie would have told Lynch pick up anybody. Ella, you know, Lynch doesn't really want to be... Lynch is a free spirit anyway. Like, he's not going to worry too much about Mark and he'll work and he'll work back and people don't see that maybe on the television and that, but I just thought Waterford error. They took away from Jamie Barron's. He's having a brilliant season and I thought he was really ineffective yesterday, yeah. kind of trying to track Lynch around the place. I think you'd be better off to... Like, they're both free spirits, you know, and, and I had Jamie in college when he was in UCC and, like, what a phenomenal player and a phenomenal engine. Like, but... If your tactic is to, you know, midfielder, I suppose you've got a half marker man as well. But I would agree with you. They should be, he should be left loose because he's such an influential player from a water point of view. Uh, he's another player that could play centre forward, by the way. We've played him there as well, like in the kind of view of you put him centre forward, you have to mark him. 
Yeah. I think he's very he's very versatile and I think he could go in centre forward. I think just people get stymied with putting players in certain positions all the time. You know, if you could find a place, you know, he's such a great player, but I think, you know, you've um, he spent a bit of time watching yesterday and he didn't really have an you know, he had an effective game by his standards. No, I never I never thought he expressed himself. Look looking at the the league as a whole for the other counties, what you know, um I suppose we we talk about the beating semi finalists a bit, you know, um obviously Galway, funny league for Galway, yeah. like you know, drawing with yeah. Carlo, yeah. um, losing to Waterford yeah. twice in the regular round, and 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 then obviously the news this week that, and none of us wanted to hear, like you know, particularly if you're a Galway man, John, like you know that, um, with Joe and how serious it is, and possibly sixteen weeks, you know, what what would you, what, what was your take? I. I think they found very little in the league. It's a very mixed bag from their point of view. I think they purposely tried four or five guys that they were looking at from the 21s over the last couple of years. Um, I suppose you're able to do it if you're in Division 1B. You know, it's probably less pressure to give a fellas a chance. But I would have thought they would have been very hopeful of you know going up to Nolan Park last Sunday and beating Waterford and, and pushing on uh, and giving those guys another opportunity to play in a league final. But I think they're going to be devastated with, with Joe's injury, and that that news like is it's a, it's a it's a it's a hammer blow really to them. I think that I think it'll only be seen as the as the as months go on, how important he is to them. He is by far their talisman, their leader. I think I think if you're you know we've we've both been there uh, in in Parnell Park when we when 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 teams come to come to Dublin, yeah. I think Dublin are going to get a huge lift from playing. You know they're going to play Galway in Parnell. Massive. At the best of times, they'll yeah. fancy their chances, and now that Joe won't be there. I think that game could be crucial, and I think Galway might not have been a good place going in. Uh, you know, just on the on the on the Galway thing, you know, the, the way Danny he's after going in as a as a performance mm. coach with Galway, you know, he's going to have his hands full. You know, he's going to have his hands full with something to to try and right that ship. You know, with with Joe's injury, obviously, but it's it's just something I was thinking about coming up in the car that. Uh, he's a guy, obviously, who's sustained those similar kind of injuries himself. Now, I know he's going to have the best of medical care, but it, it'll be an interesting little tweak to Donny's role in, inside with Galway. To, like, there's very few guys that can look at Joe Canning in the eye and, and with the same stature and ability and, and what they've done in the game, but a guy that can just give him a little bit of help, I think, through, through the whole recovery process to get, get back on the field as quick as he can, and someone who has experienced that, it'll be, you know, it's an interesting little one with Donny in that mix now and, and how he can kind of help Galway and, and, and help Joe get through that kind of stuff as quick as he can, really, you know? And I think on that, Mike, um, I think enough, there's been a, a little subtle change. Like, obviously, Caroline Corridor is after winning with Limerick as a sports psychologist and what a record, like two football, two hurling. But there's a, lo- a slight change in the whole thing in this life coaching sort of thing. And I would have tried it a bit with Tony Griffin and I would have found it a good success. And Griff wouldn't be qualified as a sports psychologist, but what he did was like met fellas for a bit of breakfast or a bit of lunch and I would see things in a fella that and he wouldn't open up to me in case he'd be showing weakness to me and I, I would see that you know there's something up and I would say Griff touch base there with your man uh, you, you could be onto something huge there like for Joe as well you know and I, Joe's used to coming back from injuries I suppose John yeah he's, he, I think that's a major point Joe's been carrying injuries for the last four or five years and he's successfully negotiated it every time but he's getting a year older. Um, this injury is happening very close to championship, and you know Joe doesn't need Kieran Donaghy really to tell him how to get better and, and and what to do. I think Kieran Donaghy can offer a lot more to the younger lads coming, you know, trying to break through and cement down a place. But for Joe himself, he'll know how to get through this. But I think time is is the biggest um, thing that'll come against Joe this year. And you know, as you say, you know. 
Dublin, Matty Kinney will know Galway inside out. He will relish now that Joe possibly isn't available for that. Greg Kennedy from Galway is training the team. Like them two guys have Dublin going really well at the moment and quietly going well. And I think it's um, it's certainly an ambush game for Galway now at the moment, a couple of weeks out. Yeah, it depends on how the games go before it. They've got obviously Kilkenny and they've got Wexford. They could be going up to Parnell Park needing to win to qualify. You know, and that's that'd be a that'd be that'd be some turn up for the books. Like, but I just think the I just I think in time it'll how much of a leader that Joe is to that team. You you know you know you take him out, and now you look at Galway and they don't strike the same fear in you when he's not there. But the other you thing, know. Jordan, that is like. There's no sign of Joseph Cooney coming home. Seemingly he's loving Australia and is going to say, I'm, I'm giving it a year out here. Johnny Glynn, there's a huge doubt, I think, at this stage. He may be coming back, but he's coming back now. Like, um, That's late. They're relying maybe on Dahi Burke coming yeah. back from another season of football. And obviously he's shown he can do it. Uh, what a, what a, I'd say to the Galway footballers, I'd love to have Dahi as well. Like, um, uh, But like, you're relying on the, the Thomas's lads maybe, you know, and even Finton Burke mm. is not an option. He was last year's 21 captain. It's guess in 12 months how the landscape can change, yeah. you know, where mm. we all said Galway were... You know who'll beat Galway, and and of course it, they almost won it last year. Like to be fair to them, they have great players. Like you only look at, a big, I think the big success for Galway in the league has been Carl Mannion midfield. Yeah, he's a class act. He's a super hurler. <clears throat> but now I think he's going to have to take on the mantle even more now from the point of view that he's now one of the one of the standout players. Like, but it just means that other teams that are now playing Galway have less to worry about in the context of Joe's not there. You know, yeah. they've, they've, who can they target and who who they take out? He obviously. You know, he's the main man from, I, I think now from Galway's point of view, Jason Flynn really hasn't stepped up to, to the mark that we thought he was going to be a couple of years ago. You know, I suppose, um, I suppose Conor Whelan hasn't been setting the world on fire this year. We saw, we saw him in the Fiskim Cup matches. Yeah. Now, that, that might be a bit false, but they're looking at these guys now all of a sudden that, you know, the, the pressure now is going to be on them Brian to, to deliver. Brian yeah. Cannon, but he's, yeah. only, he's only 21. That's all. But some of the older guys that, that, that need to deliver... You know, I think that uh, I just think the landscape has changed straight away with this injury. And we spoke about going into Parnell Park, and we know how how tough it can be to win in there, and it's a bit of a fortress. It be ten thousand there, and they will be locked in. Like yeah. and, uh, there's a bit of a feel good thing going on at the minute with the getting to the league semi final and Rackland Limerick. And I, I just thought if, just to look at the dubs, it's obviously a kind of a cooler related setup. In lots of ways, uh, I might be a bit harsh too. No, well, it's the system he's playing. Is, yes. is the coolest system, which, yeah, is, which, which is totally understandable. That's yeah, what, and there's a lot of Sean Moore in there. Totally, that's what he yeah. brings to the table. Um, like, and I, I thought, being in Nolan Park, it was far more effective against Limerick than what Waterford tried yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I think the system that Dublin played was was very effective, and their, their work rate was phenomenal in the first forty-five minutes against against Limerick. Like they put their, like it was it was fantastic to watch. Like the work rate that they did, they, you know, they, they made it a battle in the middle of the field. Um, I suppose just wondering then, like when you put when you, when you, I suppose when you bring one back, where are they going to get the scores to win the match from? You know, and that, that was the worry for me that by doing that, if you tweak it a small bit, like they, they scored one fifteen, they got three or four points at the end of the match. You're going to need a lot more than that to win it, to, to win. And I think that that's the danger. Um, pull one back, you only five forwards. You know, you need exceptional pace up there. Yeah, I suppose just on that, you, I what I would have been coming out of it saying would have been, it was good for a laugh a long time. Uh, Ronan Hayes came in and got that brilliant goal I thought you know and he's one that can step up and I know myself from being involved in him he can but I just thought with, with Keane O'Callaghan with Mark Schulte possibly Conal Keeney and Liam Rush has only been really a bit part in the league like if they 
if they can step up and nail down four places, there's a fair Dublin team there. Like. Absolutely, they're, like they're strength and depth. But the, again, the worry, I suppose, with some of some of that situation would be, you know, I think you need exceptional pace up, like to play to play in that game, you know. But again, you might need it as much in parallel, and you know, having those guys coming, Mark and all coming back into the squad, you know, he's going to have a serious squad to pick from, like, and he's going to have guys there who. Who are, who'll be able to come on and and add to the add to the add to the team and add to the the squad, and if they if they get a good start, they're going to Nolan Park and you know they'll they won't fear going out to Nolan Park against Kilkenny. No. You know, again 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 a good performance. will again will set them up for the for the for the. Yeah, like I, I I'd be liking their chances of being yeah. in the tree. It is no, yeah, I think it's I think so. Now. Yeah, yeah. Just to touch uh, on the rest of the league, they're not to go into maybe you know they're the they're the four that were in the semi-finals, I suppose. Um, Cork. Did you give a shite at all about the league or basically straight out? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was at a few of the games, uh, like incredible stuff, and then could go up and beat Limerick. I was at that one as well. Limerick were a little bit lax, I, all right, but Cork looked really up for that one. I was at a couple of more that I thought, why did I bother coming yeah, to this? Yeah. It was really, it was a very, it was a very inconsistent, very up and down league. You know, I suppose the one match they targeted for some reason was Limerick, whether that was because of the semi final last year. You know, and I suppose the fact that they're playing Limerick in the championship, in in the Gaelic grounds as well, I suppose they probably put a, a real focus on that game, because the game in Parky Ring like wasn't as people said to me afterwards. We had we had the match yesterday. It wasn't it wasn't a match, like tip tip or tip strolled around the pits and there were nineteen mm. points up at one stage. Like so, it was just it was incredible. Like, it's very hard to put put words on how bad that performance was. You know, and uh, so that was hugely disappointing. And then tip went out the following week and lost to Dublin. So you're you're just wondering what's going on. But I suppose the fact of you have seven matches in the league to, to try to peak for and you're trying to look at that. You're now starting, you've a week, couple of weeks off and now you've got potentially seven more matches you know, to win in All-Ireland. Yeah. That's, that's not easy. So I suppose, I think the purpose this year was to try find a few players. And obviously on that, you didn't allow any of the UCC boys play with Cork during the league. So <laughs> <laughs> You still managed to win it now, fair play. Yeah. No, I suppose we were... We, were we didn't see him at all, did you? We didn't see very much of them. We actually didn't see very much of them, but we were... It was a bit better than what it was but, last year. But they're year. crucial is behind them making. Oh, like, yeah. I, I mean, I, in fairness, the day he won the Fitzgibbon was yeah. the semi-final. Yeah. And I thought Shane Kingston that day was brought me back to the days of him as a minor. Absolutely. And I, I like we're, we'll be hoping that Shane Kingston will kick on and push on from, you know, the, the, the fact of doing so well in the Fitzgibbon Cup. He had a phenomenal campaign. And in the semi-final against DC, which was, which was, a, was a huge game, like he scored one fight from play. Like he was f- absolutely superb that day. And you'll be hoping that, the, you know, you know, whatever he, he learned or whatever he, from, from the Fitzgibbon, from speaking to Shane, he's lost an awful lot of matches over the years by a point, by two points in club finals, all Ireland finals, colleges finals, under 21 finals. Hopefully the Fitzgibbon will be, will, will might turn things for them and, and give them that little bit of confidence that they need that when the game, when the pressure comes on, when the game gets tight, that they can push on. You know, I even said it that week that if I was John Myler, that's the match I'd have been judging him on, not a league match, you know, um, where they weren't putting too much emphasis on it. Yeah. That was a massive that was the Fitzgibbon final, to my mind. Yeah, but I'd like to see, like we we purposely put Shane at centre forward to get him in the game, you know. And, and like this, I'd like to see him get a chance at centre forward to yeah. to see how he'd get on there, you know. And but you must you must persevere with him. I have you know and build his confidence. He's that type of player, you know. He hasn't been he hasn't got a run at centre forward yet. And I'd be hoping during the year that's something that they might look at. We mentioned Tip, um, you know, destroying Cork and then being beaten by the Dubs and. Uh, <laughs> I suppose the yacht in Alicante worked for a week, but then it seemed to fall flat. That happens a bit with the training camps now. I have to say that you'll get an initial desperate yeah. boost out of them. The boys probably know the two football lads might know a bit more. Um, 
there's no golf allowed because you're resting constantly, obviously, and there's no beer allowed because you're uh, that would affect the training. So, um, but you know they went and they they definitely got a kick out of it. But you know where are they? Like I wonder. We're all wondering. Liam going back, huge kick. I'm not sure. Again, it's a it's a good question in the context of where they, where they're at. Um, who have they found? I think if you go through their team, have they found anyone this year that since Liam come back that has been the Springer that's come on that that's that you say well has will he lad to that team? Um, that's after winning the twenty one. I learned. Yeah, now. and the only guy they've brought in there is Robert Byrne. I think you know he's the only guy who's come in wing back. All the other guys have been there. Have been guys who've been there before. And I think he's gone back to the tried and trusted guys that he feels maybe there's one more year in these guys that if I can get out of him, I'm the man to do it. Um, it's a bit of a risk, but at the same time, I think obviously the people in Tip will will he's you know he's such a god up there. He has time in his hands. Um, so again, I'm not sure. Like they looked, they looked, they looked a class apart in in Parky Ring, but Cork were so poor that day. It was very hard to judge them. Again, they're coming down to Cork. I, I, again, I'm not sure kind of where they're at. And I think you know, I think the the fact that they lost to the they lost to Dublin will give Cork a lift. Um, and but that game, I think, has huge importance in relation to who's going to kick on. If Tip come down and get a result, then you know they've they've every chance to build on that. If they lose on that. That's another game that they've lost, and there's some, there's some yeah. tough games coming up after that. Yeah, and I, I was going to say, just with them, I just think he should go back to the tried and trusted lineup. I know, I know, that might sound like you're here, we're after winning 21 All Ireland, so why aren't we going with these guys? But like for me, Parik Maher, seven, Ronan, six, maybe Brendan, the other wing, if he comes back fit. I think Bill there, he's obviously sticking with James Barry, Kyle Barrett's back, right corner. You have to find maybe Donamar left corner. Yeah. You have your six backs. Goalie's a bit of a dif- difficulty yeah. for them. Yeah, he's like Brian Hogan didn't do an awful lot wrong last year in any of the matches, and he went with he went with Paul Mar this year. Try out a few things. He's gone back to James Barry full back, which is you know James's confidence must have been you know under pressure over the last number of years, but he's been kind of in and out of the team. I suppose the one thing he has, if he gets a Cartlebarrow fit, he's probably the one man you know in Munster that can hold Hoggy. You know over the years he's marked Pat Horgan. He hasn't given him much, and that'd be a kind of a concern from a Cork point of view that. Like you have to make sure that Hoggy has such an important part of the Cork team. You've got to get him on the ball, and uh, Cahill Barrett will be will be a, will be a big test for him. Sure, I was just I was just wondering there going back to Anthony, what what kind of training camps were you were you going on when you were when you were around the place? He starts me Tony on him anyway. He was I was on holidays over there. We used to go to what was the name of the place? Um, Browns, is it? Uh, no, we used to go to. Um, Amandwira, great two golf courses and uh, but a beautiful GA pitch. I have to say that that was the brilliance of it. Like. To being watered every morning and you're jogging down from the apartments and and you know the beauty of it was like it wasn't in a town <laughs> and and you'd nearly to jump the wall and flag down a taxi to get into somewhere nearby which when you were dealing with a few of the fellas I was dealing with uh, there was a breakout the first year we went all right the night before we came home um, and we hadn't allowed any beer and there was a breakout of nine or ten but then how do you handle that do you drop nine or ten and they're crucial now, a few of them to me. But the standoff in Faro Airport the following day, I tell you, was worth. And I'm going to mention him straight out, Ryan O'Dwyer, looking at the ground for about three hours and the flight delayed and I staring at him. It was, just, it was worth anything in the world. Um, we had a few boys who didn't even make Faro Airport. I heard that, I heard that, I heard that. Tip, tip had a, a gas one. They were, nearly, they were nearly going calling the guards for one lad uh, one year and... Uh, all of a sudden, they got to Faroe Airport and he was there. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to give the weaker counties a quick mention, Gerald, before we, before we leave the hurling, obviously the Cats, Wexford, and a small fish called Clare. Uh, you know, and I suppose we were mentioning nine, 
realistic candidates, with due respect to Carlo, they've done brilliantly. Mm. You know, I was at the Offaly game, it was great yeah. scenes at the end, but to mention the, those three weaker counties. Again, I suppose all these teams are, are, are going and planning for the championship because it, they know it's such a, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult for, for any team to get, get to the quarterfinal at least. It's going to be very tough. I think Kenny will still be, you know, they'll have a few to come on from, from, the, from the club championship. Uh, they're not going away in any shape or form, you know, if they, you know, there's, TJ Reid, like the players have to come back, Walter Walsh. If to get Richie Hogan is a huge player if they can get him fit. Like obviously he's been troubled with a back injury all along. He hasn't been the player for a year or two. Maybe it's gone, maybe I don't know. But if there's a bit of sparkle in him, they they'll bring him back. They still have serious players. And Buckley. And Buckley. And Buckley, yeah, crucial like to them as well. Yeah. We played Dixborough in an old challenge match there now with Kilmacud and, and they did were worried at this stage would he get back in time like it was supposed to be on target but maybe a couple of setbacks and he'd be to me he'd be a massive massive loss uh, you've great guys coming back obviously Colin Finley's farm in the club final as well um, Wexford reasonably again will be difficult like again their system is going to cause problems you know that their system causes problems to teams like and they're you know they're this they're just so hard to beat. Like they, you know, they're they're not good. They're, they're they're again, they're not going away in any shape or form. I think you know maybe the break will will do them no harm. They didn't probably need to be in a, you know, in the league final. Um, and I think they'll. Yeah, again, I think one of the things system. I just think their system is very difficult to, to pin down. Like you know, I don't want Cork struggle with it big time. And Limerick struggled a bit now, yeah. given that they weren't long off the plane. Jor, I I would allow for Limerick a little bit that day that they were probably not long back from the holiday. Wexford caused them fairly serious yeah. problems. Conor McDonald, I think Nicky Quaid made a yeah. save at the right of the death yeah. to to prevent Wexford from winning. Yeah, they again. do, and I think it's just people just find it hard to just find it hard to to, to play the system. And he has it he has it down to a fine art, like you know. So yeah, and I and just before I just been like you've asked a lot of questions about here. Yeah. What about here? <laughs> well, I was going to ask you <laughs> what you thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ger, um, you know what happened I, at Welsh Park. I, 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 yeah, I tell you, that's been a huge. You know, spanner in the works, to be honest with you. Um, but, like, if, if we had this podcast in January, I'd nearly been yeah. saying, we'll win the All-Ireland, yeah. right? Yeah. really think they're going to kick on. they got massive confidence from how close they were last year. Don't fear Limerick in the DNA. Yeah. And, uh, but, my God, I'm looking at it now, the 1st of April now. The 1st of April is obviously a significant day when you're talking stuff. But, um, definitely a fade out at the end of the league. And, you know what? Still very worried about the full back line. And again, John Conlon's picking up an injury on about Joe Canning. John Conlon to Clare. And to me, and fair play team for being the genius he is with Shane O'Donnell getting this scholarship to Harvard. Yeah. One of the rare things in, in Europe, I think, you know. But what a loss he is inside in terms of ball retention. I mean, I was at a couple of the league games. A great game with Limerick now, the snowy day. And fair play to the, the pitching in us. It was great. It was a great occasion as well. But the, the atmosphere was 9,000 there. But the loss of O'Donnell, the amount of ball that came out that he would not let Richie English out with, if you like. You know, he mightn't be getting the three threes yeah. like 13. But... Like, what is the story of the When is he due back? Or has he, I think he, he's due back in the next two to three weeks. But, I but mean, no hurling done for six well, months. Well, unless he got a bit in the snow yeah. done out there, do you yeah. know, yeah. inside in a hall. And ha- I presume there are a few halls in, ha- in Harvard, have they? <laughs> Don't ask me. Libraries. <laughs> libraries in Harvard, I think. Uh, libraries? I would <laughs> know about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a few basketball courses there, isn't there? Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Full court press. Yeah, so we're taking Limerick as the the, the big winners, obviously, and, and going into it, but a few in the long grass. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I think Waterford have done really have done well to get. I think to to, to get to a league final. 
you know, would it knock them back a bit? That's five finals in a row, like having lost, you know, in the last couple yeah. of years. It's not going to do them, you know, uh, any, you know, anything in the context of winning things. But um, on any given day, any of these teams can beat each other, and uh, like it's it's an absolute minefield. But I think momentum is huge, and I think the first match in the first match on the twelfth of May will will set the thing will, will set the tone for it. Right, Jar, for our first go at this, uh, uh, you had a brilliant game. How did I play? <laughs> Very good, Dilo. Great day, but well done. Cheers. We'd make it. We'd make a serious <laughs> defence there. I'll tell you. Is there any talk? Point talking about football, lads? Is there? Go on. We let you have a go at it, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's self praise. There's no praise. That's it, man. Yeah. John, we we struggled to get a word in there, man, for the last hour and a half, I'd say. But just just to, I mean, your your takeaways just from the league in general. I think just you know outside of yesterday, we'll come back to the weekend and stuff. But what would you have taken from the football leagues as as we've got started from January? I thought it was really enjoyable and. Um, the league um, standings in the end, I think, are a fair reflection of, of where each county is at. And that's the beauty of the Alliance National League. Um, they're just, they just really give a fair crack of the whip to every team. And um, you saw some brilliant games in Division 1. Um, Mayo losing a couple of games and still ending up winning, winning the title. Um, you know, Leitrim played brilliant football again at the weekend and just Derry's class came through. But really, really good for for Leitrim and for Connacht football. Um, you have another game to look forward to now, next weekend, Midlands Derby, Leash and, Leash and Westmead, and again, two teams, you know, gradually building step by step. So when the day comes that Dublin are no longer the dominant force in Leinster, you know, it'll come back hopefully to Westmead, Leash, Kildare, Mead, really challenging, which is what everyone wants to see, you know, more competitive games. So I thought it was a good league and... Um, you know, Donegal were really, really good again. He's continued on from last year. There's a, some lovely footballers in Donegal and he's given them a right go at playing. And, you know, it was nearly 15 on 15 at times against Meade, no more than Mayo yesterday. And I suppose that's what the the advantage of the mark has done. Players are kicking the ball a bit more. They're not afraid to kick it uh, because they know if the forward wins it, he can slow it down, have a pop at the goal. So, yeah, I thought it was a good... Uh, I just hope and pray that, you know, this can continue on to the championship because if it's like last year, we, we'd have no football really to look forward to until August. And, like, that's... I think that's the big thing I took from... The quality... I thought the quality of the league... Like, you get sick of listening to these fellas next to us pontificating <laughs> about the glory and, and honour of hurling. And, and we're sitting there like the, the, you know, the ugly cousin in the corner who doesn't want to see... Like, I thought the quality of football that was played across, you know, the four leagues... Of, of what I saw I thought was just of a really higher quality than we've seen for the last couple of years you know yeah it, that's true but but the reason why hurling is, is is a much more attractive game at the moment is because there's a lot of physicality and it's allowed to develop and the referee doesn't have the whistle in his mouth all the time so he lets it go a bit you know um, lads know that so they can hit fair move the ball challenge hard for you know and may the best man win sometimes and with football Unfortunately, it's creeped in. There's too many guys looking for the free all the time. They're diving before the before the man has even put a hand on his shoulder, and uh, it comes back to the way it's coached. I really believe, you know, and I think hopefully the quality of coaching is getting better, and teams are going out to play a more positive brand of football. And like you even look at yesterday, to me, the, the the quality of tackling was outstanding on both sets of teams. Like Paul Murphy was was phenomenal yesterday for, for Kerry. Like, he was blocking, getting half blocks in. You know, Sean O'Shea, maybe that was probably Kerry's 
downfall a little bit yesterday that all the good work that Shawnee O'Shea was doing and Stephen O'Brien was back defending rather than going forward but you know really good Divo was, was Donny Buckley responsible for all that tackling yesterday he, uh, he obviously was yeah you know like he's, he's, his handprint was over all of it I, I really thought it was and he would have been happy yesterday because even though he's with Kerry now you know any coach that coaches a set of players, they want to see the guys not lose the skills that you've taught them and they want them to go and develop them more. Now, you have to say the Mayo back six are very, very experienced players, like really experienced players, and uh, they weren't going to, despite getting a year older, they're not going to lose that, them qualities that they've built up with Donny Buckley over the last few years. But you can see even Donny Buckley's imprint on young Kerry defenders yesterday, to me, anyways. Yeah, and, and and like that's probably a work in progress. You know, there was there was some of them definitely were defensively they were aggressive and and their technique was was solid. But at times when when Mayo were running at them in the second half, when they had that platform in the middle of the field through Aidan O'Shea and Matthew Ruan, who's who's probably been Mayo's biggest pickup of the league, I think without without question. Like they just over you know overran Kerry and 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 were off to the races every time they had the ball and. And Kerry's defensive kind of structure or whatever was supposed to be there was was definitely lacking in that in that last ten or fifteen minutes. But again, I don't think any team, in, certainly in the football, with the game so ticking fast, they haven't had a huge amount of time to be working on these things. It's one session a week Kerry are doing in between all the games. So I think it's really going to be the championship before you see the real kind of Donny and Peter Keane and Tommy Griffin imprint on on what Kerry are trying to do. And, and probably to be fair to James Horn, it's going to be a similar thing up in up in Mayo, really. Yeah, and I mean. Both counties really gave youth a go this year, and that's the difference for Mayo. Um, the last time Mayo won the league was back in 2001. They bet, uh, they bet us in the final by a point. And um, you have to say that Mayo are in a better position now to, to, to kick on purely because they have found a couple of young forwards. I mean, Mayo are the closest team to Dublin in the last few years, and yeah. if they had a quality, you know, I won't say that that's unfair of me to say quality forward, but a real marksman. Um, they could have they could have sneaked over the line against Dublin once or twice. They didn't, but they found a couple of young lads who seem to have no fear. I mean, you saw yesterday at the end how many forwards yesterday would have punched that ball over the bar. No, one shot in his mind, goal. First half, it wasn't there. And that's why Kerry were so far ahead maybe at half time. Mayo were happy at punching points. They punched three out of, of five scores. Second half, they went for it. Now, they got a bit of luck, uh, Mayo. And I, I know Mayo dominated possession. But, I mean, Kerry will analyse that video. Like, the, the reason Mayo got more on top in the second half was because of the half-forward line from, from Kerry. Uh, they weren't enough of a threat. And I just felt that uh, Darren Moyne had gone off with a big loss. And, you know, at the time, I, I believe he's injured now. I, I thought he was taken off for some other reason. But I thought maybe uh, Gavin um, Gavin O'Brien, mm-hmm. um, no Gavin Murphy, the the, the Gavin O'Brien, yeah, O'Brien, yeah, yeah the yeah, wing yeah, forward, right, yeah. yeah, I I thought he should have came on there because he's a real big ball winner. He could have plucked a few balls from the sky there and, and and drove at them. He's a pacey guy, and I thought the substitution was wrong there at the time. I thought it would have given Kerry a better chance at it. But uh, look, fair play to Mayo that they stuck at it. Jeremy O'Connor, like he he looks like a like a, a dead racehorse like on the field he's always the tongue is hanging out he's hanging over and yet he still keeps going right to the end and he chips 1-2 when it really really mattered yesterday I loved, I loved when Gooch said last night two rakers <laughs> we'd use that phrase above us and clear but I just one thing Devon that and you said it there um, Mike that like carry a work in progress and it'll be the next like and I just sometimes think like Kerry probably have a cakewalk in Munster with due respect to everyone else but like 
Mayo, on the other hand, head into the minefield that is not quite the Ulster Championship, but the Connacht Championship is fair competitive, like, and they can't get the better of Galway in the last few years. So no. it's a different ball game, like, isn't it, for both counties? It's a different ball game, um, which is good for for Connacht football. It's it's back competitive again, where the Rossies are always hard to beat, and and they love playing Galway, especially Leitrim. Will you know they'll have a pep in their step and, and Sligo, but it will come down to Galway Mayo and Roscommon. Um, yeah, I mean, Galway Mayo games are 50-50, no matter who's playing well beforehand, no matter what's happened in the last five years. But James Horden has a great record against uh, Galway in the championship, and he'll have no fear of Galway. But Galway will have no fear of Mayo, because like, you know, if, if you fear playing your, your biggest enemy going out, you shouldn't go out at all. Mike, with some of the rule changes coming in in football for the championship, will they impact on the the mark? I think is was is a big one that is, that was that was a big success in the league. Will that make a how how like I suppose the question is how will that change the game going to the championship? Like a lot of teams went back to the big full forward again. Is that going to change? Yeah, I I just think the the, the mark was really successful in incentivizing kicking again. You know, I, I thought the biggest thing that this league showed was that coaches, you know, kick passing was being coached again, and a part of that was because if you did kick it in. You know, there was the potential to get a reward inside by a full forward or somebody winning the ball, not necessarily overhead, but it just it just kind of I think recentered the game back to where we wanted to be, which is a more of a kicking game and 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 less of that hand pass and 13 men behind the ball kind of stuff. So I think the the, the new rules, while you know they're not going to be there for the championship, I think they've 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 certainly worked well in in the league, and it's just a shame. That I I think it's a desperate shame that we're not going to have them in the championship. I, I don't see the point of the the whole you know sideline kicks isn't a huge one. I like the the mark from the goal kick the, the offensive mark I think is, is has been a really really positive it's a remarkable sin like that something has worked it really I thought you all had a meeting around last December because football was so bad last year and Hurlough was so good that you said Lazarus to get together here forget about your county tribalry and let's try and improve the thing and five goals in the league final yesterday like it was entertaining stuff like so but like we're going back now we're taking away the best part that has improved that and we have to wait till next year real GA stuff yeah it, it, it doesn't make sense to be fair and, and I think we would have even seen more of it if, if teams knew that it was going to be in the championship this year I think yeah. you would have you would have seen coaches really try and exploit it throughout the league and try and get far more value out of it than some teams like a lot of teams I think just kind of ignored it for the first few rounds and then, and then went off and you know and, and just kind of you know, went on a whim really in in the later stages, but uh, I think the rules helped. And and like you're saying, John, it'll be very interesting to see how does the game revert a little bit back to more of a hand passing kind of safety first game, or, or will we see the game progress into into what we saw over the weekend? Well, uh, to be honest, I mean, the team who goes out to play the most positive attack in football that wants to score 20, 21 times in a game normally wins the game. Yeah, and and that that'll never change uh, in 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 my view, anyways. So I think it'll still come down to there's about six or seven teams that can really try and challenge Dublin this year. Um, Kerry in Munster, Galway Mayo in in Connacht. Um, Pick one between Meath and Kildare that might try and make the Super mm-hmm. 8s and then you're up to Tyrone, Donegal and, and Monaghan. They're the big yeah. shooters that can really have a go um, at knocking Dublin off their perch this year. Will it happen this year? Who's to know? I mean, it's it's too early yet to, to say who's going to win the All-Ireland football. And I mean, you never really get a right sense of who you think will get over the line until it comes down to the well, the quarterfinals, which is now the Super Eight. So I mean, all you can do now is predict, you know, how 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 many teams, what teams are going to possibly get there. That's all you can do. But in the meantime, of course, 
some of the best games of football are normally the first or second rounds between your Westmead versus Offaly and between your Clare and Tipperary and maybe sometimes we don't give enough coverage to them games and we don't report really and, and give the guys the due recognition that are playing brilliant, brilliant football. But we, we seem to harp back to, oh, Fermanagh were playing Monaghan and they put 13 behind the ball. Look, that's up to Fermanagh what they want to do. It's, it's up to Monaghan then and other teams. Just go beat them and try and beat them by 20 points so they never go back to playing that football again, you know. Yeah. But it still comes back to the coaching and how coaches are playing the game and, and teaching the game. And You see, it's okay at senior in county. It's, it's what's coming below. So what are the under-14 development squads being taught? What are the 16s? What are the minors? What's happening in... In, in secondary schools, you know, what kind of a game we see next weekend between St. Michael's, Minneskillen and Nace in a Hogan Cup final. If you see a really good, open, you know, positive game of football in that Hogan Cup final, you might say, yeah, do you know what? The team's coming behind. I've, I've started to play a bit like Dublin and Mayo and Kerry again. They're, they're starting to move the ball really quick and fast, knowing that it, there's more likely of a good result if it's up there rather than holding the ball going back and over the field. And, and, and just on that one then, what, what about the kind of contradiction in, in Galway football, I suppose, at the moment? When you see the kind of swashbuckling play that Cora Finn are, are able to produce you know, in an All-Ireland final against Dr. Crokes and, and a team like Dr. Crokes, who are an unbelievable football team and have dominated Kerry Club football for, for too long, that they're able to just swat them aside with the, with the brand and the, and the way they're able to move the ball with the foot and score taking. It was just unbelievable to watch. And and then and then you see the way they go in with, with Kevin Welsh and Galway and it's 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 a really different kind of dour you know type of football that I'm not sure I'm not sure like how, how are Galway people viewing the way they're playing football under Kevin Welsh right now? Well, you know, there's mixed opinions obviously. Um number one, Kevin had no choice but to shore up the defence a few years ago because we were getting bet by yeah. Mayo like five years in a row and James Horden was coming to town and just picking us off for fun. So Kevin had to do something. He, he's done it. He is gradually starting to introduce, you know, um, more f- free-flowing football, for want of a better word. Uh, even the last, even against Roscommon, um, th- th- would say there was four forwards left up front at all time and the ball was going in a lot better. So we would have high hopes that with the... Cur- this year, we should see more Currafin lads in the panel than the last few years. Right. Now, there's two reasons for that. One, the Currafin lads are pushing themselves forward and they want to be there because Kevin has always asked these guys before and they haven't always said yes. So one, they're pushing themselves forward and two, Kevin knows he's a smart guy. He knows he has to change his game slightly if they want to get further than they did last year. Uh, So getting, not getting to the league final is not a, is not a major thing for us. Everyone in Galway was happy with just cementing division one for a few years, but like we have to try and really go and win Connacht again and and, and get it, get back to a semi-final and, and see, can we make up for the round? last year and just just on that like that he would have asked some of the Corofin guys and and that they they would have rather not not go in and not get involved with the county team is it or just there's mixed opinions on it like mixed stories on it some guys just had enough because they had such a long year that they're like they've won six seven county titles in a row you know yeah. they, they don't get a break Corofin a lot of the time till March and the club championship starts now in two weeks time yeah so um and some of them might see themselves as you know, being fringe players of Galway, whereas first team players with Cora Finn. Yeah, yeah. And being a first team player with Cora Finn, you're getting savage football every week and and you're you know, you're a 
you're a well-known player, mm-hmm. whereas you could be on the Galway panel not getting a game. So what do you want to do? Do you want to play football at Finn or sit on the bench for Galway? So it's, it's, it's a 50-50 one. But look, we need all them Finn guys with Galway if, if we're to be successful. Yeah. And, and Jerry, with, without your hurling hat on and without getting bogged down in the whole thing, because, you know, it's easy. Everybody's jumping on Cork at the moment, you know, for a different reason in, in a football context. But like from, from your own kind of hurling side of things, like what, what is what is the you know what what is the quick fix solutions to to get Cork football back you know from from a lowly division three spot right now going into into twenty twenty? Michael, you're asking a hurling man that question. Jeez, it's a lot of football people can't even ask that answer that question. Aren't you county football champions. We're the county football champions, and we went See? down. We so we went down to we went down to. Down to Killarney to Dr. Crooks, and I got absolutely annihilated. So you can see where, where Cork football, that would be an indication as to where, where, where Cork football is, really. It's a difficult question. I, I think the, I'd, say, say, I'd say their confidence is absolutely shattered at the moment. I'd say, you know, they have only won, I think someone said, no, nine of the last 29 games over the last number of years between league and championship they've won. So there is a lack of confidence in winning matches. And, you know, I suppose, where do you start? And I think, in fairness to Ronan McCarthy, from, from the outside looking in, I think he has gone to places all over Cork looking to try find players and see if see can he unearth some new talent. But like you're going into a setup where you're not winning matches and you know the confidence is 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 is, is brittle at the moment I would imagine. And you know and you know I suppose they're now looking at trying to beat Clare and Tip and, and even Limerick to an extent. Like whereas you know they've you know, so they're they're trying to win those matches as against going up to Kerry, you know, so which yeah. is a different level completely. So I think they need to start winning matches again at that level, you know, to start focusing on just winning taking things one step at a time and uh, you know they have given young fellas a chance but they seem to be jumping around they went to a sweeper system there one match and they played Paul Kerrigan as a sweeper mm-hmm. you know and that to me like you know you play one of potentially one of the one of the best forwards that, that would have been uh, would have been in Cork and playing him as a sweeper so I don't maybe Tony might know more some about the football scene than I would so maybe he might have an opinion on it Go ahead Tony No I think I think Jerry, you touched on it there. Um, you were talking about the night they, they were beaten by me. That was actually there and Paul Kerrigan. I wouldn't say they played him as a sweeper. I mean, that was the story that came out of it. They obviously were dropping him deep, that he was the outlet. But unfortunately, they got no ball. But I think what, what they have done, which is, I suppose, interesting going forward, is the last two games, they've changed tack completely, Mike, in terms of pushing up in the, in, in the games up to the Mead game. They were actually dropping everything okay. deep. And, they, and, and I think after that, there was a meeting of minds and they basically said, and said, look, this isn't working. It doesn't suit the players we have. And the last couple of games, they pushed up against Tip and they pushed up against Armagh. And whether it's a coincidence or not that they got two wins, yeah. it wasn't enough to keep them up. So in that sense, they, even though they did go to Division 3, they did finish the league on a small bit yeah. of an up, a small bit of an up. Yeah, and and you know, looking at the broader scheme of the thing, and you, I know you're joking about a five-year plan, but like Kevin O'Donovan as a as a CEO and stuff, you know, he's a shrewd guy, and and just everything that's coming out of the Cork County Board at the moment seems to be outside of the you know the stadium stuff, but they seem to be facing these kind of issues head on and and have a have some kind of a plan in place. Yeah, it, it, it's evident as well about to you know to having a look at the championships and. Uh, no, it's a fairly complex thing to get into and all that, but uh, and I couldn't probably contemplate it coming from Clare, where we don't have anything like the quantity of clubs. Uh, it's probably a unique Cork problem in some ways, um, uh, but uh, I wouldn't like to have missed any championship matches for Clare Castle in my time, but maybe they need to look at something. 
Yeah, and, and it's it's an interesting one, John. You know, the, the whole thing about playing maybe two county championship games out of the out of five, is it, with, without your county guys so that you're giving, you know, good county championship football all the way through the summer for fellas? Yeah, you, you, I think it's ridiculous to ask any county guy not to play with their club in, in, in a championship. It's just an absolute joke. I mean, that's... It beggars belief how someone would write that down on a piece of paper and, and submit it and ask to be even debated. You have to play with your club in championship. Um, you look at today's the 1st of April and how many counties in Ireland will, how many county managers will actually release their, their players now for the next few weeks to their club only. Like you'll see Dublin doing it. Um, wholeheartedly they just go off and they play and it doesn't do them any any harm at all and their confidence is yeah but is really just good. just on that Divo, straight away right this is dublin right so uh sure he's not worried about anyone in leinster really like let's face it in the football whereas there's a major plea all weekend would the dublin horrors would they call off the second round of the championship to give him an extra week to to focus on kilkenny so there is two completely different scenarios yeah, but for Anthony, the county team. Like. Anthony, th- there's nothing wrong with, with training with your, your county on a Tuesday and Thursday and going playing a right good club league game on a Saturday with your club, then going back in on a Sunday morning for a recovery session with your county. It can be done. Of course, it's just power, power, power. But it's for certainly with league though, but, ch- but for championship, like we got the lads back Sunday morning uh, in Kilmacud uh, and we five of them there with Dublin now and... We play next Saturday, six days. But they're you smart know. players. They sh- you sh- if you can't integrate them lads back into your club, sure, there's something wrong. And I, I, that's the big thing. All I'd have asked them at the start of the year was to be around. Yeah. And uh, to be fair, none of them have missed the league game or they've been as, as many training sessions as they can be. And uh, that's what you want from your players, really. We don't want to get in, John, I know, to the whole Cork Championship proposals because it's been decided on Tuesday night anyway. But I would, I would throw one counterpoint at you. Everybody in this room here is an inter-county player, or was at some stage an inter-county player. But you have a situation, genuinely, where you have 97% of club players are hanging around for the entire summer, wondering, you know, oh, well, we can't play championship next week, or we can't play it that day because Cork are playing. I mean, I was involved with, with a Douglas club, which is a dual senior club, or, and, and Mike was actually involved. Mike knows the madness of it because we were both involved there for a while together. And you just had no idea. You couldn't plan... You couldn't plan training. You couldn't schedule training. You didn't know, like, had you a game, you know, in three weeks' time. But if Cork won a hurling game, then it was put out to six weeks' time. And I do think, in fairness, Cork GA deserves some bit of credit. I wouldn't describe it as madness. I would think it's actually thinking outside the box. I would think, okay, we need need to look after a club player here. We have inter-county players, and that is a level that, you know, you say to yourself... Should there be an involvement? Should there be a link? Of course you want your inter-county players to play with your club. And the people who come to watch the games want to see that as well. But you can't overlook, lads, seriously, the plight of the club player. But Tony, is there, is there a scenario in Clare now? There's no championship till Clare finished. And last year it was an All-Ireland hurling replay. Like, so it was as good as an All-Ireland all, but with a, with a couple of weeks. And we don't start it till then. And it's knockout, but you have a loser's group. And nobody complains about that, really. You got two goals in championship. In my time, it was one goal, or you were out, and that was the way it was. But, like, I, I often think, like, I was at the Cork County final this year, you know, I was covering it, I suppose, really, and doing a report on it. Like, looking at him, O'Killy, like, and, and 11 clubs represented. Is there a need for these divisional teams? 
And is that causing a bit of the problem? It, that's another issue. And again, that could be another half an sure hour. It's a LinkedIn issue. Uh, oh, no, it is a LinkedIn issue. And there is a huge swathe of the county would tell you that they need to break up the divisions and they need UCC and Cork IT not to be in the championship. The one thing I will say, Anthony, about that, and I know you can get back to the inter-county discussion, and Ger knows this, is with the new proposals, there's actually going to be two senior groups of 12 in Cork Hurling, which is going to take quite a few clubs out of those divisions. So it will mean that Immokilly don't... Because let's face it, if the things were continuing as they were, Ger, I mean, Immokilly could win the next six or seven Cork County Championships. But the proposals, and that is one of the things, two senior groups of 12 would mean that a lot of those East Cork clubs will no longer be with the division. Yeah, that's what's probably. I agree with you, Tony. I think from a point of view that it, it needs debate, and I think we've for, for in in the past, especially in Cork, John, it's been it's been tossed around here for a long time that, that club players are just been they just don't know when they're going to be playing. It's it changed in the last couple of years, and I, you know, I think it was inevitable it was going to come to a situation where at some stage it was going to, it was going to, be, to to need a debate as to whether clubs would play without their without their intercounty players. I don't think it'll be passed tomorrow night from, from the feeling that I'm getting around the place. A lot of the players will be like yourself and saying, you know, it shouldn't happen. But we don't know. There'll be a debate tomorrow night. But uh, I suppose it just goes to show where we're gone down, down the road of actually even now thinking about it that in the past it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like it would be unheard of for clubs to play without their, without their players. No, this is a bit, of, it's a, it's, it's a bit of thinking outside the box. It's a proposal. Uh, it'll start the debate. It probably, won't, it probably won't happen. But I know the, the county board have been on to Crow Park about it uh, to see if there's any implications there. But I think it'll start to debate elsewhere because, but but I think from the point of view here in, in, in for, for players in Cork, um, like McKilly are so strong, you know what I mean. In the last couple of years, they needed to do something in relation to try to, to try try fix that problem. Yeah, but I mean, they can play club championship games with their club players, and then club league games. Okay, you're not going to have your inter county players for a lot of them, but it comes back to the calendar again and and the GEA, and I mean they really do have to. I don't know when this is going to happen. It could take five years, of course, for the GA to sit down and say, well, look, let's play an inter-county calendar, um, inter-county games from, from May to July or August, and then every club starts from September onwards, and September, October, November even now are good months. The way our weather is gone, you'll still get great, great games then, but it'll have the the All-Ireland Club Finals are going to have to come before Christmas. That's, that's the other side of things here. So it's joint-up thinking, but of course... The boys in Crow Park don't like joint up thinking or they like to put people in committees that they know will think the same way as them and, and they forget about everyone else. And Anyone who makes a radical proposal then outside of that, they think we're all mad, you know. So it's, uh, it's, it's just going to take another few years to solve. Isn't it great now that they brought up Cork and, and the football situation? <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome. Yeah, you know. but, but just, I suppose, to, to, to start to, to wrap the whole thing up a little bit, you know, I think... Our, the football league has has been has been something that we've been kind of proud of this year. I think I think it's been a it's been a really ste- you know a big step forward on, on what we've seen in the last number of years. And uh, you know, John, it's just how how is it going to move forward now into the next couple of months? These are like you're talking about the games in 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 the in the provinces where you're going to have some evenly matched games that aren't going to get a whole pile of coverage. We're going to see a couple of mismatches where teams are going to play 13 men behind the ball to try and keep the score down to try and make their team competitive, and there'll be a little bit of bad press about it. It's just about how how does this championship now reflect the, the league and the, and the football that's been played in it for the next couple of months? Well, I suppose it gets bad press because there's 32 
you know, well, 31 active counties in football. There's only seven or eight real counties yeah. in, in Hurling. Mm-hmm. So there's always Hurling games, and every Hurling game is mighty, mighty, mighty. Whereas, you know, there's a couple of bad football games thrown in there. and There's nine contenders, <laughs> Divo, not three. <laughs> <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be eight contenders in the football because there'll be eight in the Super 8. So, you know, look, um, it's just... Hopefully, we'll we'll just get some more good, positive football. They're not going to be every good game, and let's not kid ourselves. Uh, the big thing really is, you know, will Dublin actually, you know, will they do the five in a row? Um, it'd be, you know, the greatest achievement of all time, obviously. And I suppose Jim Gavin's fingers will be, toes will be crossed in the next month because well, injuries is I was wondering where they're going to get a mention. Yeah, well, you know, like they are brilliant, and I just admire the way they play football and, and the way they go about their business. Um they're there to be beaten every day they go out, but no team can can mastermind it, um, whether they're afraid of the blue jersey or whether they, they just don't have enough good players to get over the line. Mayo are not afraid of Dublin. They just didn't have enough quality up front. Um, maybe Tyrone were afraid of, of Dublin. Certainly Galway last year weren't afraid for a while, but then they kind of slipped back into their shell and Dublin just since blood and Winford and got it. So, I mean, the biggest thing... F- for Dublin is can they keep a healthy squad together and certainly at the moment they're not healthy uh, just with niggles from being so long on the road like it's really really hard like they've contested you know how many league finals in a row and and championship finals in a row and they're still going so yeah look lots to look forward to and and hopefully it won't be all one-sided debates about hurling when we sit in this room yeah, and, and that's the way they'd boys. They'd love to have it, obviously. But like you're, you're, you're talking about Dublin being obviously the dominant force, and and you know you nearly forget about them. They weren't in the league finals. They weren't on TV over the weekend. Nobody's talking about them. And I'm sure Jim Gavin wasn't overly petrified by what he saw yesterday. But by the same token, you know Mickey Hart above and Tyrone with Matty Donnelly and McShane, and you know even Mead's performance. Andy McIntyre will be delighted. Obviously not with the result, but with the way they played ball yesterday and the trouble that Mickey Newman and these fellas were able to cause offensively. You know Donny Gall with Michael Murphy taken over in the second half I think for the first year in a long time you've Kerry coming you know Mayo coming with new players I think for the first time in a, in a, in a good number of years it's looking like it's going to be a really competitive championship like you, you, you said there earlier about you know th- that you couldn't pick a winner in Gaelic football you, c- you couldn't have said that the last four or five years you'd be picking Dublin every time whereas now at least there's a debate over the whole thing and and, and when you have a little bit of uncertainty, you know, hopefully the competition is going to live up to that. Yeah, and, and you've just mentioned there Mickey Newman, Michael Murphy. You know, you think of Damien Comer hasn't kicked the ball all year, Cahill McShane. Like, there's very, very exciting full forward lines, mm-hmm. you know, out there in about eight or nine in counties. Like, you look at McManus and Monaghan. Like, yeah. you know, Monaghan have been slipping under the radar, I think, purposely. So I think Malik O'Rourke just wanted to maintain. He's played so many players, blooded, blooded, blooded. And now they're ready for an assault again on the Ulster Championship. So there's so many exciting players. And I mean, Paul Geaney is only coming back now. Yeah, yeah. David Morn, I mean... Um, but it's amazing, you know, you're talking about good full forwards. It's amazing how, how these fellas can look when the ball actually gets kicked into them. And, and what we've seen in the league is, is guys kicking ball. Uh, and, and now all these guys are, are looking as good as they have been because, because we're launching the ball 40 yards into Mickey Newman and he's able to beat guys and, and they have to bring Eamon McGee off the bench or, or Neil McGee after a couple of minutes. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, it'll just be, will, will teams have the fortitude to keep believing in the way they've been playing through the league and keep kicking that ball? Because if they do, you know, it's been shown that's, that's the way you can get at the dubs. And Mike, there was a little cameo in the Hurland final yesterday. He was very near the end now and Watford were beating Docker at that stage. But Darrell Donovan got a ball in the middle of the field. He soloed and he had caught twice, so you can't catch the third time, obviously, just to explain that one to you. Thanks a lot. Here, cheers, no problem. Um, but 
he actually glanced up. You could actually see it on the screen in the replay now, in real time in there. You said, what's he doing? But he said, there's nothing on. And in the meantime, when he glanced up, Barry Murphy, young fella from Dune, after trying to break in, her team to break into, had made this dart, like a 20-yard dart. And he just poked like a 35-yard low ball up in front of Murphy, Kick pass if you like, you know. Murphy's out in front, he takes two wide for defenders, looks up, Peter Casey's isolated on the 21, slings it straight to his fist, and Casey is a man to beat, could have taken him on if he needed a goal, but just pops it over at that stage. And it was a beautiful score to watch, and that's maybe where football now, picture of midfielder in football now getting that situation. He, he can't kick it like it's probably yeah. no coincidence though that the fellow in charge of Limerick is, has, has a football background like Paul Kinnerka that sort of scenario where you hit it space hit the runners coming through and you know their passes were pitch perfect like you know it was, it was a joy to see yeah and like David Clifford's piece of skill yesterday was just fantastic I mean you know to take everyone thought two hops he bounces it takes you know half solo half hand pass back in the net like it was just unbelievable skill and I don't think anyone would have been able to think of that you know on, on their feet like that you know so yeah look lots to look forward to in, in, in hurling and football and, and hopefully um, hopefully every county will just have fit players going in so we're not saying well if Galway had Joe you know they would have been better today and, and you know if, if, if Dublin had uh, Paddy Andrews they'd be better like if every team is fit then it's it's a 50-50 game which is what, what we all want to see uh, and again I suppose this was the first one we'll, we'll find out soon enough if it was the last one but uh, <laughs> it was a pleasure and thanks everybody for listening <laughs> Allianz supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues 